as artificial intelligence continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation that we can't ignore, AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. With over 750 specialized hackers in their community, HackerOne isn't just theorizing. They're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large organization, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI dash safety dash security. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI dash safety dash security. This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live small group cohort based trainings. We're incredibly excited to welcome you to our next cohort of our product strategy training kicking off in January of 2024. This course will take you through the frameworks that product leaders use at companies like eBay, DoorDash, Groupon, Rent the Runway in order to scale their teams. It's taught by Ben Foster, a friend of this podcast, who is the former chief product officer at Whoop. So come join us go to gigantic.is that's gigantic.is and save your seat for our january cohort your potential is gigantic and we're here to help you reach it go to gigantic.is to reserve your seat today This podcast is brought to you in part by Creative Live. Creative Live is an online learning platform featuring classes taught by industry leaders such as Nir Ayal and Alex Bloomberg. Go to creativelive.com forward slash rocket ship and find some of our favorite classes, buy them and get 30% off. Welcome to the Rocket Ship Podcast. I'm Matt Goldman. I'm Michael Saka. And I'm Joelle Goldman. Today we talk with Dave Munson, the creator of Saddleback Leathers. What do you guys think? Wow. Um, this is the perfect episode for this time of year. Um, you know, his approach to business 
and how he he integrates giving and generosity um, directly into who he is and who his business is is incredible. Um, so it's it was it was really a, a fascinating episode to take time to reflect to um, about what we do each day. Um, what did you think? Of that? Yeah, I think he does a lot of things differently and doesn't really follow the the path that others follow. And that's true in the way that he grows his business and the way that he takes care of his employees. And I think it's a, a really timely episode. So let's get into it. Rocketship is proudly supported by Bench is an online bookkeeping service that provides you with tax-ready financial statements from professional bookkeepers. This week, I talked to their manager of client experience, Margaret Gray, about what working at Bench means to her. I grew up with my mom. She ran her own consulting firm. And I saw her wrangle with her books every single tax time. And it was so painful for me. And I was just a kid. And so Bench not only takes care of that pain with really cool experienced bookkeepers, but we also take it to the next level by pairing it with this really simple, elegant software that's easy for our clients to use and then our bookkeepers to use as well. Go to bench.co forward slash rocket ship and get 20% off your first six months today. Wistia is a video hosting platform built specifically for business. If you're using video as a part of your marketing strategy, you need to be able to measure its impact. Wistia is helping over 175,000 businesses do just that with premium video hosting, lead generation tools, and in-depth video analytics. For more about Wistia, visit wistia.com forward slash rocket ship. So David, welcome. Thanks so much for joining us here. Hey, I appreciate you having me. No, absolutely. And um, so tell me a bit about uh, Saddleback Leather. Okay, so we've been going since around 2003. Um, And... Uh, you know, I, I went down to Mexico back in 1999 to teach English. I was a volunteer English teacher down there. And while I was carrying my bags, my, my, my books, I'm sorry, my books and students' papers and that sort of thing, I started thinking, man, I need to have a bag, like a man bag, like, like something Indiana Jones would have carried. And so I had this bag in my head, and I, I couldn't find a bag like it in the markets. But I found a guy making bags, and so I said, hey, um, if I were to draw out a bag, could you make it for me? He said, yeah, sure. So he made this bag and, and everywhere I went, when I got back to the States, everywhere I went four or five times a day, people would stop me. Um, excuse me, sir. Where, where could I get a bag like that? Hey, oh man, that's a beautiful bag, sir. Where could I find a, where could I get one? And I thought, Hmm, (laughs) okay, maybe there's a business here. And so I ended up, uh, doing a bunch of stuff, selling real estate in near Mexico City and all these sort of things to try to get these bags made. I ended up in Juarez, Mexico. And I lived there for about three years with my black lab named Blue. And we slept on the floor of this $100 a month apartment uh, for about three years with no hot water. And But all the money I was saving, uh, I, was, uh, I was depositing back in this father and son's bank account in Mexico. They would they would make a few bags and ship them up on the bus. Um, I'd go to the bus station, take them over to El Paso, Texas, and I would sell them on eBay. And then I just kept going back and forth, back and forth, and it just kept on growing. It's been a really, a really cool thing I've been doing here. 
it's a lot of fun. So you guys recently, um, or, or, you know, relatively recently released a video that basically gave away all of the secrets to, um, make your bag. Um, what was the thought behind that? How did that come about? Yeah. So, uh, how to knock off a bag. So, um, (laughs) so, uh, um, well, you know, I was my my our filmmaker guy Joe. He said, "Hey, Dave, check out this barber jackets, barber coats video out of England. It's kind of a process film on how they make bags. I think it could be pretty cool." And I was like, "Yeah, but it's kind of boring. Um, it's really well made and nice quality, but huh? What could we do?" And so, um, hey, let's do a video explaining to the knockoff artists because we get knocked off a lot how they can save money and they don't have to do the quality we do. They can save money. And let me show them how they can save money on not how to knock off, knocking off one of my bags. Cause that's all they're about anyway. And, uh, so I explained all the details of quality and, um, all the little hidden things that no one sees, um, in our bags that, that, that help with the quality. So, uh, that one seemed to go over pretty well. We got it on a, NPR did a big thing on it, and um, you know Kai Rizdal, and man, we got written up everywhere on that video. So um, yeah, it really worked out well. And so, were people ripping off your bag? Uh, like, was that a, an a, an issue that you guys were hitting? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, at first I thought it was really cool. I was like, "Hey, look, this guy's copying my design. That's cool." <laughs> it's kind of you know flattering that someone thought it highly enough of it. And then number two, I was like, dude, a second one is doing it. Wow. And then it got started getting kind of old. So, so I thought I would combat that by explaining the, uh, uh, what they're probably doing and what you're probably getting when you get a knockoff bag. But, you know, part of it too, we like to educate people on, I like to educate on quality so that people are like, oh, I didn't know that. And so they're buying better leather for furniture or jackets or whatever and so by educating people on thread and on their workings of things it, i'm hoping people realize that you get what you pay for and if you go man this couch is this full leather couch is only like 300 dollars. that's amazing <laughs> you're getting what you pay for yeah i think that's what was so great about the video is that you're explaining how competitors can rip it off but really what you're doing behind that is explaining to the customers how well built everything is. Yeah, absolutely. And when you learn that much about it, uh, especially when you don't know much about bags, you think of Saddleback as the expert. Exactly. Did you guys and plan that getting into this, or was that just a, a side effect that happened after making the video? Well, the I feel like the person who's willing to be out there to educate people usually is the expert. And there are people who know a lot more than I do on stuff, but I just don't find many people out there willing to educate people on things. Um, I don't know if it's a scarcity mentality. There's not enough for everyone to go around, enough business for everyone or something. But um, I just figure it makes the it, it makes everyone, it steps up, the raises the bar on everyone for quality. And I think it just makes it for a better place all around. Well, and I think what's so effective too about looking at it through that lens is that we kind of live in a time where everyone is just fascinated by the how, like, how does it work? Um, everyone wants to know, like, how is it made? Why is it better? Um, partly because we're just curious and partly because 
we like to be the ones to tell someone else about it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, you know, you're educated, and so no one wants to be ignorant in the way that they think about things or buy things. No one wants to be a fool, be the fool when they buy something and, it, and the handle tears and it falls apart and it's kind of embarrassing. And, ah, oh, you, you went cheap. Well, I didn't think I went cheap, but <laughs> I guess I did. So, um, yeah, it just gives confidence in your buying and raises the bar. We're doing another one right now that has to do with quality. Not That one was quality materials. Um, this one is the quality design. It's how to knock off a cow. And so the cow, it's, got a, it's just a great design. I mean, it's really great. No seams, just a, like eight holes. It's just a great design. And so I, I did my best to knock off a cow. And But uh, there's quality of design also. It's not just the quality of the looks, the quality of materials. But if you have those looks and material, but you have really crappy design, um, it's like having a submarine with, with cardboard hatches. <laughs> it's just like a bad idea. So the design part is, is also a part of the quality. That's going to be a fun one. <laughs> I yeah, hope. I mean, it sounds it's as fascinating as it is. <laughs> Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. So it sounds like when you were getting started, you didn't, did you have a, like a uh, commerce background where you were making physical goods before you started Saddleback? You know, I was a youth pastor. And so um, I just worked with youth. And the reason wow. that I wanted to, I, the reason I wanted to uh, do the bags, and I started, I just started designing the bag is so that I could work with youth and I wouldn't have to raise any money or have a boss. And, um, so it was, it was for that purpose that I did the bags. And then I got so busy with the bags that I couldn't work with youth anymore. So I started, I started helping other people to work with youth. So I was able to do more good by, um, by letting other people do the work rather than me. Um, but I used to always do uh, like, I had a, la- a rack on my Land Cruiser and I designed it. I had an old rent Land Cruiser and, People would stop me. Ah, hey, dude, where'd you get that rack? That's really cool. Or um, just different design things I was doing all my life, and I didn't realize it, but I like designing. Um, So uh, this really uh, magnified that. What have been some of the challenges taking your designs and and kind of what's in your head to production in, in an effective manner? Well, so my design process is kind of like this. So I I have an idea. I see a bag. Usually it's not like a new idea. I don't wake up at 2 in the morning and start sketching next to my bed or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I I feel like I'm just an average designer, but I I like to improve things. So I see a design on something and I go, oh, I like that handle. That's cool. But it could be better. Um, so anyway, I sketch out a bag and I go, it's just like a two-dimensional sometimes i do a little 3d there but no shat no shadowing or anything i take a picture of it with my phone i send it to, to my my um designer in, in mexico his name's salvador he's a artist and then he sketches it 
and makes it look real life um, with pencil. And then he sends it back to me, and I go, ah, oh, a little narrower, a little, little like this, a little like that. Anyway, and then he, and then I say, okay, make it for me now. And uh, and they'll say it's impossible to make the way you make it, the way you designed it in your head. And so sometimes in design, you find that it's either impossible to make or it's really expensive to make it because it just takes so long to make it like this. If I were to, if I were to just use one piece of leather, it would be a whole lot easier. Or if I were to have a corner be different, it would, it would be totally doable in production. So sometimes I have to change my designing a little bit, um, the construction usually in order to, to get it made. So, um, if you can't get too creative or else they can't make it, uh, it's just too unreasonable and, or it becomes so expensive to make. It might take 10, 12, 15 hours to make one bag. And then, then I have to price it at $800 or a thousand dollars and it's just not worth it. Are you working with the same bag company or the, the same production company that you started with? No, actually I started with a father and son and, uh, and they, they didn't, they couldn't keep up with, with the demand uh, after about a year and a half or so. And, uh, so then I went to this guy who could get the demand, but he was shady and he was che- cheating me all the time. Um, and so then I went over to, I started a, a factory of my own with my old business coach and, we got that going in Mexico, and it's in the town where all the leather is. It's a super, super cool town. There's leather tanneries everywhere, and it's really beautiful weather all year long. And so we, um, yeah, we. So I, I just bought him out last year. And now I own the factory 100. percent And uh, it is, it's so much fun. So um, I bet, yeah, that. And and are you? Is it solely for Saddleback, or are you? Um, is there like a business model where you're producing other people's designs as well? Yeah, yeah, we produce uh, other people's designs. So what I'm trying to get is Saddleback to be like ten percent, fifteen percent of all of the work. Okay. There. Okay. And right now we're about eighty-eight percent of all the work. <laughs> so <laughs> it's a whole nother so, business to build. <laughs> it's a, it is a whole nother business to build. But the cool thing about that is. Um, uh, we we just opened a daycare uh, for our employees down there, and not for the kids. <laughs> we don't have children working for us, but for the <laughs> for the kids of the employees. And this guy came into my office the other day, and he said, "He's he and his wife have worked for for me for about two and a half years." And they said, "He said I just want to thank you for the daycare," and then he just started crying. And I was like, "Okay, keep going." And he said that. They drop the kids off with his mother-in-law on Sunday nights. Then they come to work on Monday. They work through Friday. And then they go home, pick up the kids, and they get them for two days. He said, and it's just killing them. It's two-year-old and three-year-old. He said, now, he goes, I get to have my kids. Like, I get to put them to bed at night, and it's just changing their lives. So um, we have that, and we have a a four-year English program where I was teaching English way back in the day. Um, and I had my first bag made. I we're paying for them to come to our town and and teach English to the kids of our employees, also the older kids. Um, it's a four year program, registered with the government, and it's really really cool. So we're pouring into the lives of our employees too. Yeah, no, that and that must um, 
that must be incredibly rewarding to to be able to to put kind of the family first and be able to improve their lives other than monetarily. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, people say this is a real big deal for us. People say, I mean, they're out there buying another yacht or a, or a vacation home somewhere else, and they're just building up as much as they can. And those guys don't have near the joy uh, that the people that 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 the joy that the people have who who help people who have purpose in their business and who actually uh, care for other people. And there's just so much joy to hear these stories and to hear the lives changing, see the lives changing. You can't buy that, and everyone wants it, but they they feel that it's in like possessions, and it's totally not in possessions. It's in relationships. That's where fulfillment is, is in relationships. So anyway, we, we figured that out early, and we're not, we don't do it all right and everything, but we sure have a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> what I love about this story is that, uh, you know, you started off doing things like teaching English and working with youth um, that were fulfilling to you and helping people. And when you started building the business with the bags, that's kind of the point where you feel like you'd be taken away. Um, but where it really comes full circle is that you've leveraged that into a way to do all the things that made you happy on a larger scale. Yeah, absolutely. I tell you, I promise you this, money does not make you happier. Well, I mean, up to a certain point it does. <laughs> like, if you're like, seriously, if you have no money and you're just broke and you have no things, yeah, money makes you happier. Uh, but after like $25,000, I think it is, somewhere around there, twenty twenty five thousand. All the money you make after that doesn't make you any happier, and um, and so it comes in with you're where I'm able to do all the stuff I was doing when I was totally broke and happy, and now I've got more money and I'm happy. But it's just I don't know it's all in it's it's a uh, it's why do you do your business? And I, I I talk to business owners about that. Why are you doing what you're doing? What what's your what's the purpose for your business? Why why do you have it? Is it just to have more things or I mean, anyway, so it's, it's a, it's a fun little, um, fun little business we got going. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Joel. I was just going to say when, when you're talking to other business owners like that, um, and you see maybe some discontent or, um, a lack of fulfillment, how do you help them kind of reconcile with that or find the thing that's going to help them be more fulfilled? Well, you know, it's one thing just to tell people you should give more money away. You should be generous. You should give more than your accountant says you should. Um, or you should treat your employees right. You should have marriage conferences for your employees. You should have you should have financial stuff for, you know, courses for your employees. It's one thing to say that, but then if we do it, um, then I'm able to talk to them and say, hey, let me show you what we do. And it might be something you might want to consider for your business. And But... Everyone loves working at Saddleback, and and uh, lives are changing, and it's just a lot of fun. Would you like to hear? Would you like to see some? And um, we're hoping to be able to influence other people by our example, not just by our talk. So um, one company that had a did, did it for me was Patagonia, and they have a book. The guy wrote a book called um, – I forget what the book's called, but anyway, the Patagonia book. And – it was all about, um, whatchamacallit, it's all about like doing business the right way. And they have green 
roofs on their on their place. They had daycare for their employees. They had all these sorts of things. And um, I thought, man, they're actually doing it. It's an example. It's not just a, a um, it's not just a um, someone with an idea. It's actually someone who's who's really doing it in life and really treat. And then for them, it's environment. They're cleaning the rivers up with their profits and they're recycling everything. And, and it's a great company. Um, for us, we, we, we go on the people side of things, uh, but we just, and there are a lot of companies that do it. We just have to have, we just happen to be more, um, visible and therefore we have more of a, a voice, more of a, more of a chance to influence because we're so out there on social and we have films everywhere and all that stuff. So what's next for you? Like, are there certain initiatives that you have in your head that you want to do that you haven't been able to yet? Oh, I have like a thousand things. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a joke. Hey, I have an idea. People will roll their eyes. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I've got a lot of ideas. And um, one of the things that we want to do is we want to get the factory to the place in Mexico that the that we have such a social manufacturing platform and we do excellence with our quality that it becomes the standard for factories in Mexico. So I want in 2009, by 2019, the president of Mexico is going to know about us. He's going to come and visit, shake some hands, kiss some babies. And he's going to say, this is the standard for factories in Mexico and look at their social programs. And then we can get, I've already got two other factories in Mexico that want to copy our social programs. They want to have daycare for the kids. They want to have the four-year English program. They want to have the marriage conferences for the employees. Um, and, and so I want to be able to influence them. But then once we have that good model, I want to take it to Rwanda. Rwanda is right in there next to Congo. And we take all of our employees to Rwanda and their families to see what they're doing. And a lot of the money that that we make goes to, to a, a big ministry there. And it's like compassion international and, um, it's called Africa new life ministries. So I want to take our employees, but I want to start a factory there. So we want to duplicate the factory in Mexico, start it there and go for it there. Wow. Um, that's so why, why were you drawn to Rwanda as a, as kind of a, a destination for giving? Well, um, you know, we had we, our money started piling up because we, we want to give away a certain percentage of it, and but we didn't want to give it to a church or to Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. You know, those are good things, but we wanted to give it to the the bulk of it somewhere else. And so we were looking and asking and asking and looking. Hey, do you know of a place that deals with single moms and youth and education? And and all of a sudden, African New Life popped up on our radar through a magazine we were reading and my wife said dave i think i found it i think i found it and so i looked and read and i was like oh that's great and so anyway we we gave to it for a uh about two years and then the one of the directors said hey guys why don't you come visit and i thought oh yeah perfect we'll go on safari we'll go like <laughs> we'll do all this stuff go see the gorillas we'll go drop by this big ministry and then we'll go home and so we did this like two month super trip. It was super cool marketing all the way, product demo videos with the 
crocodiles eating the wildebeests and all that sort of thing. And, and then we got to Rwanda and it just tore me up. And my wife and I were standing there with like 700 street kids. And she said at its feeding program, and I said, honey, take your sunglasses off. Cause you know, you want, they want to connect with your eyes. And she said, I can't. She was crying and I was crying. I was like, okay, boy, how did we miss this? <laughs> so, so we started taking our employees back there and to see, hey, this is what your work, when you turn a customer around and you, and you, you befriend them or you calm them down or you, you produce something really well with the best of your ability, here's what happens. And man, just changed everything. Anyway, that's how that happened. Wow. Yeah. That's uh, an incredibly inspiring story. In fact, if you all like to go with us, we usually go, we were going a couple times a year. Now we're down to about one time a year. Um, we can talk after the show. You can come with us. Wow. Yeah. Thank you. Um, absolutely. Well, I had one more question for you. Um, in my notes, it said that in, you and your wife live um, in a ranch in Texas, but you're moving into a safari tent. Um, is is that accurate? And is there a story behind that? <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. So uh, <laughs> so we um, we were living in San Antonio, and man, we so wanted to get out of the city, so. We we're opening a store in Fort Worth, and we have a, a small factory here also. And so we said, let's move to Fort Worth, and let's live out in the country. So we found some land way out in the country, and and then earlier, a couple years earlier, I was in Kenya. So I, I went to Kenya to interview this guy for something for this uh, documentary we were doing, and he was the best tent maker in the world. I wanted the best. Okay. So I found the best tent maker in the world. He's a British Kenyan guy. He's been there for, he's born in Kenya and he makes safari tents. And he makes them for the British military in different places, but he makes safari tents. And so I, I go into his office and his office is a tent and not just like a, um, just like a basic tent on a dirt floor. I mean, hardwood floors, rugs, desks, plumbing, electricity. It was so cool. <laughs> so I was like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. It's like a like 40 feet long, about 15 feet wide, you know, about the ceilings are about 12 foot ceilings. And I said, man, we had to have those in Texas. So we, uh, he, he built some, he built four of them. We have two big ones and two little ones. And one's a guest tent, one's our utility tent with a laundry room and a, a toilet and a sink and a and then the other half's a bedroom, a small guest room. And then we have a, my office in the kitchen is in one tent. And then we have our bedroom, the kids' bedroom, and a living room in, the, in another tent. Um, we have indoor, I mean, we have regular flushing toilets. Okay, yeah. We have uh, outdoor showers, which is super cool. So... Like you can take a shower in a, like a heavy driving rain, lightning all around, and you're out taking wow. a shower. It is super cool. That's, <laughs> that sounds incredible. It is really neat. Wow. Wow. Well, thank you so much for, for coming on and, and sharing this with us. Um, t tell everyone who's listening where they can um, – where can they find Saddleback Leather Goods? 
So Saddleback Leather Goods, um, we go, we're on saddlebackleather.com. And we only sell online. A lot of people want our stuff in their stores, but we tell them no. Sorry, we just do online. Yeah. So uh, we're going to be opening up a store in the stockyards in Fort Worth. And it's going to be kind of a, a destination, super cool place um, where people can come and check out the stuff. But no, we don't wholesale it. That way it becomes too common when it's in all the stores. Okay. So we want to keep a little exclusivity, a little scarcity. And and I, and I don't want everyone owning my things. Um, I want the nice people and I want the um, the people who are like-minded. I want them owning our stuff. But I don't want... Like if everyone owned it, then it just become common, and so, so uh, this is kind of a way we keep it fun. Well, very cool. Well, thank you so much. Um, yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Rocket Ship Podcast. If you enjoyed it, we have tons of other awesome episodes on our website. Check them out, rocketship.fm. And while you're there, make sure you sign up for our newsletter, where twice monthly we send out actionable advice for entrepreneurs and exclusive links to AMAs with our guests. That's rocketship.fm. Sign up today.